The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, laces, and places. Nice. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. On this week's show, we have a lot of news to discuss, as well as the thoughts on the benefits of perhaps quitting social media, should you be so inspired. And I know you have some personal experience with that. I have some thoughts on that. Yes. But first, before we get to the news, I believe there is a uh, Kaiser moment here. A Kaiser moment, yes. Is that what we're officially calling it this yes, is Kaiser, you know this is the Kaiser moment I need some music for this yes I well, up with some music. well you're the audio engineer I'm sure you've got something in the Definitely. exhaustive Rosado oh, sound yeah. archives that can properly frame this and moment. the beauty of it is that I found some old like CDs with music loops and stuff like Ooh, that that vintage. I forgot about that's the lovely thing about moving because you purge all this yeah. stuff and you find stuff like oh my gosh I forgot I had this but I want to rant a little bit about doing a clean install. Clean install? Which operating a, system? It, this is on a Mac. Okay. I have a, a, my cheese grater, which yes, I love. Beloved dearly. Tower. Compu- what never, was the, the run of the cheese grater? Was that Early the, 2008. All right. Early so. 2008. I tricked this sucker out. I've added RAM. This thing is a beast, and it still is a beast. It is a beast. Yes. And with this beautiful uh, dotted the aluminum design, enclosure. Hey, you got to give it to... Apple. That design is iconic. It's beautiful. It's the brushed aluminum all the way around, the handles on the top, the easy pop-off side, the way they just... The thing's a work of art. Yeah. It is the pinnacle of desktop computer design, period. End of story. So, of course, they discontinued it. Fight me on that. So, of course, they discontinued it. Change my mind, people. Change my mind. But it's old. I mean, literally, it's ancient. It's 11 years old at this point. Yes. And it stopped at El Capitan. Okay, so, so it could not go any higher on the I update? Don't, or? I don't even remember what original... I think Lion was the original OS on this thing. Okay, so I know I have two CDs somewhere. Yeah. Not even DVDs. Two CDs with the OS on it yeah. somewhere. And what was Lion 10.7 before we even got even into remember. the mountains and the rivers think, of gosh, California? I, or? I, it might have even been earlier. What was before Lion? Well, Ma- was... No, Mavericks was after, right? Yeah, Ma- yeah. Mavericks, all, when they started naming them after California topographical points, that's when they kind of shifted into yes, the new... right, uh, right, 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 the new the yeah, nomenclature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, well, because I mean, they had all those cat names. There was mm-hmm. like Lion and, and uh, Leopard and Snow Leopard right. and Tiger. Tiger was 10.4. Leopard, I think, was 10.5. It might have been Leopard. Yeah. It might have been Leopard or Tiger. Anyway, anyway so it goes way back. It goes way back. I've been updating, you know, like upgrading the OS, and it was shutting down on its own. Sometimes I couldn't turn it off, so I would have to run this thing like 24-7 because I was terrified that I was going to lose something. Uh-huh. So I finally bit the bullet. I'm like, listen, I just got to wipe the slate clean. Just put, do a clean install and just install my stuff. Don't pull down stuff from a backup. Just wipe the thing clean. All right, so fresh, figured, fresh, fresh. Right, I figured, how hard could this be? Oopsie. Uh-huh. A little too much hubris on my part. All right. Because it was really difficult. Number one, it's very difficult to find an installer for El Capitan. 
Yeah. You have to dig into the bowels of the App Store yeah. on Mac. Yeah, because they're not real fond of you going backwards no, in they're the definitely OSs. Not. They're definitely not. And obviously, they haven't taken into consideration people who keep their machines and don't upgrade. But if they don't make machines that aren't something I want to upgrade to, you know, it's a vicious cycle. Yeah, anyway. and you can you have to be on El Capitan because the processor can't go That's beyond it. that? It's, okay. I don't know if it's the processor. I've heard of some Hackintosh machines that are running, yeah. you know, on these cheese graters and all that stuff. But I'm not going to go down that route because I was getting scared about that stuff and this is my main machine yeah anyway so i finally got all this stuff i had to find a special program to format an eight gig flash drive to put the installer on that then i had to boot it and it wouldn't boot so i had to find a firewire drive to do the same thing i had to go i had to boot this thing off a firewire 400 drive did it ask you for like a scuzzy drive at some point (laughs) i was waiting for that i was waiting for that but you know what? After all that, yes. all that hassle, Sturm and Drang, yes. Sturm and Drang, it works perfectly. All right. It works really well. I'm very happy. It doesn't run perpetually. My drives aren't constantly spinning. Yeah. It's not heating up the entire room like before. So I'm happy. But this this serves as a warning to you folks who are as deeply in love with their cheese grater as I am. If you want to do a clean install of your OS, you get ready for pain. Plan for it. Plan H- for it. How many it, hours seriously. cumulatively did you spend on this project? Easily, easily six hours. Okay. And so that's not so an this was part of a weekend here. It was part of a weekend, yes. It was definitely part of a weekend. All right. And you know what? It was worth it, though. All right. To be honest, so. I'm not giving it up. Never going to give it up. Sorry. Oh, you love that machine I so much. I love it. I really do. You just rickrolled it. You loved it so much. <laughs> I rickrolled it. I loved it so much. All right. Well, congratulations on uh, the you. fresh, clean install. There, there is so you to get that new operating smell on yes, it. You know, stuff yes. kind of works again. Yes, and... Stuff kind of works. Absolutely. And then you realize all the crappy software you just installed and forgot about. Yeah. It's like, what do I need this thing for? Yeah. So now you can selectively reinstall what you need exactly. and perhaps save some hard drive space, too. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, well, congratulations. Uh, should you. we do a spot-o-news? A spot-o-news. I understand we have a cubic buttload. We, we do have some stories uh, okay. here to tell. Uh, Let me guess. Facebook? They're in there, yes. Amazon? Um, Amazon, not so much. Are I, we getting I, googly? Uh, we are getting googly. Nice. Uh, we've got some Samsungness. Uh, Samsungness. To uh, yes. But uh, and, and we'll follow, let's just start with them because yes. you, you know they Mobile World Congress is in February, right. and that's traditionally when all of the smartphone makers and the people who make mobile accessories they all go to Barcelona. Barcelona. And they have this big event and. People make a lot of announcements there. Samsung always kind of jumps the gun. Like, they do their unpacked event or whatever they call it, right. uh, usually a few days before. Uh, and they did that this year. They they had a big event out in San Francisco where they unveiled a whole boatload of products, uh, including, I think, four new variations on the Galaxy smartphone, which is their flagship uh, phone there. Which one has the splody battery? Uh, th- that was back in the, that was the Note Seven, oh, and that oh, was back. So the, the f- I think these are supposed to be non-splody batteries. Okay, it's an add-on. Yeah, uh, yeah, you, you have to pay extra for mm-hmm. that. But uh, they have the Galaxy S10 because we're up to ten now. Wow. The S10 Plus. Then they also have the S10e and the uh, Galaxy S10 5G. So what about the Mega S10? Do they have the Uber Ultra S10? Those are going to be the mid-year upgrades. Nice. But but uh, just to back it up, so those are the four variations on the Galaxy S10 theme. Right. The first two, which are your core products here, the S10 and the. S10 Plus uh, have a ultrasonic uh, in-screen fingerprint scanner, which is the thing that I think Apple was trying to do a couple of years ago and never quite got it, and then they just went straight up to Face ID. Right. 
But this one has a 3D sonic sensor that's actually made by Qualcomm, and it uses sound waves to read your fingerprint, sort of like if you get an ultrasound at a doctor's office, it's the same principle, where it's, it's reading the little whirls on on your fingerprints there. So that's how it gets you into the phone. It's supposed to be very secure. So, so that is new, so you don't have the thing at the bottom. You can just press anywhere on the screen, and it reads your fingerprint and opens it up. Okay, every time we do this, I always lay a bet, pizza... On, I got a week before someone hacks that. No, you know what? I'm going to get even bolder. Four days. All right. So, Four days. Well, the phones, are you can pre-order them now. They're not out until uh, around the 8th of March. Four, so, four we'll, so we'll look in mid-March, okay. uh, see where our pizza is yes, at. Indeed. None of this Domino stuff. Yeah, no, we're we're well. Getting they got this new, new fancy City. this this upside pizza down on Eighth Avenue. Nice. It's all uh, it, it's not your dollar slice. It's it's fancy. It's like restaurant pizza with tablecloths, <laughs> except you have to eat a standing up. But it's that style of pizza, quality baking. You ever, you ever wonder about what kind of cheese they're actually using? If it's actually real cheese on those dollar slices, the dollar slice is not so much. Upside Pizza makes their own mozzarella in the basement, ah. and they use four kinds of cheese. Basement for cheese, the, yes. <laughs> Further pie. I think they may have a cheese cave down there. I don't know. <laughs> but they use four kinds of cheeses, and they do their own ham roll. I actually had a slice. I did the I, – I nice. went Sicilian because, as you know, I like course, the, yes, the, the, square. Um, uh, the square – with the roni on top, and it was Ooh. very, it was, it was very, it was very filling slice. It's no not the cheapest; it's five dollars. No uh, and I, I do wedges too, but I was, in, you know, I was feeling kind of Sicilian for some. Let me tell you something. Now that we're on food, yeah, you know, we might as yeah, well so just finish the thought. Like, yeah, Samsung, course, yeah. yeah, exactly. I told you the story about going into Times Square, and there's this little pizza shack in Times Square. Now, let me just lay it on, folks. No real New Yorkers go into Times Square. Except to try to part you from your money, yes. just so you know this. Or they're wearing an Elmo or suit. Or they're wearing an Elmo suit or something. It's a complete tourist thing. You will not find a real New Yorker unless they're walking through to get to their job or they're working there to part you with your money. Anyway. Or they're working on Broadway. Or they're working on Broadway. That's yeah. true. So I went to this pizza shack. I'm starving. It's like right in the middle, you know, where they blocked off the traffic and everything. Yeah. I asked for a piece of pizza. Yeah. I even said a piece, which is not a New York thing because I figured they're used to yeah, tourist. tourist thing. Let me get a piece of pizza. I didn't say wedge. Yeah. I said piece. Yeah. He said, he hands me this puny little thing and he says, 950. Where were you at the- I was right in Times Square, like not three blocks away from was here. Was it like one of those little Tatinos kind of the microwave things? 950. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Was Take it like this. a personal pan pizza? No, or- it was a slice of pizza. Slice of pizza. Nine, I was like, you're crazy, man. You got to upside because it's only $3 for the deluxe cheese. Listen. Tourists or people who are coming to New York, go to Ninth Avenue. Yeah. Seriously, that is my tip for anyone who's coming to New York and goes to Times Square. Go to Ninth Avenue. Yeah, get out Period. of T Square. Find, if you want to find eat, the real go prices, to Ninth yeah. Avenue. All right, I'm sorry. All right, so uh, yeah, I guess we were, we were talking about yeah, Samsung. Samsung. Yeah, but I'm hungry. I yeah, don't know why. Too. Anyway, um, the S10 and the S10 Plus have a triple sensor camera with wide angle mode. Mm. Uh, so, so they're really going at oh, Apple yeah. uh, with the, the camera upgrades there. Yeah, also, USB Type C port, a microphone, and a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. They have not oh, taken it away from you. Samsung. Oh, snap. Yes, they, I knew you would want to know. Um, the screens uh, are uh, 6.1 inches and 6.4 inches, respectively, uh, you know, between the plus and the regular size. And so those were just the two of the, the four phones. Now this Galaxy S10e is sort of the smaller screen, kind of like oh. your more stripped-down entry level. Still got some stuff, okay. but but not as flashy as the other two. I and thought then, the E might have stood for extreme. No, no. I th- I th- economy, I'm economy, guessing. Yeah, um, there you go. 
And the S10 5G is going to have the 5G wireless capability once we get 5G wireless kind of fully up and running around has here. Because it really, but you know. And they didn't announce a pricing on that one because it's, it's still sort of Four million dollars. But, uh, but they, are, they are following Apple, though, in the, the price category uh, where they have uh, ticked up uh, the they, prices a little bit. They cracked the grant? Yeah. Well, the, the S10e, the low end, is 750 The uh, S10 starts at 900 and this is just like your, your basic configuration. And then the S10 Plus, around $1,000 and up um, with no price again for the 5G. So phones are becoming what we used to pay for like laptops back in the day. Or cheese graters. Yes, or cheese graters. There you go. You see, yes, you see or how pizza in Times Square, yeah. <laughs> well played. Well yeah, played. So, um, As you can tell, I think we're both in silly moods today. Yes, definitely. It's yes. just kind of a punchy sort of day. Um, and uh, at this event, Samsung also officially introduced, remember that folding phone we were making fun of back in November yeah. on the show? Yeah. yeah. It's called like the Galaxy 10 or the Galaxy S or whatever. They renamed it the Galaxy Fold. Okay, that makes so sense. So it makes me think of a laundromat for yes, some reason. of course it does. But it's the same specs, you know, so you can open it up and it's a 7.3-inch tablet. You can close it and you, you get sort of a super thick, double-stuffed smartphone there. <laughs> Back to food. Yes. So it's got this Infinity Flex display. Uh, that is uh, gone from, from vaporware and sort of just proof of it's concept. It's real? April 26th, I say this thing's going to be out. And the price tag is starting at $1,980. So almost uh, two grand for the Foldy phone here. Foldy phone for two grand. Wow. Yeah. So I think they're going to aim for the high end market on that one. Yeah. You know what? There's going to be somebody who's going somebody to get it. Somebody will buy it. I mean, it, and it, it's sort of the, even though it was not the first folding smartphone, there was a, another company that beat them to it. This is the first big major brand. Phone. So, mm. so somebody will probably you know, get a few to test. I read this great story, I think it was on Medium or one of these things, where somebody was arguing, making a very decent argument about the fact that a lot of early adopters are no longer early adopters. They got burned. They, they got burned too much. This is a case where, you know, for $2,000, a foldy phone. Yeah. That's much not a 5G phone. phone. Yeah. At least we're not sure. Yeah, well, then sort of will have a five G eventually as part of, of the upgrade path. But yeah, it's but but it's out there. They have they have made it and they have wow. a release date. So we'll see how it does uh, in real life. That's, uh, that's true. Yeah, with uh, kids, uh, it might ready. it might be a sensation. It could be. Maybe it's the the new paradigm we've been waiting for in this plateaued world of smartphones. And it might explode. They, they could do that too. You got you know, to get all that foldy stuff Samsung, in there. Samsung, you never know. Yes. It's a dice roll. Yes. Now, Apple, uh, you know, this was Samsung's event. Apple uh, reportedly having the event of its own on March 25th to talk about subscription services. It's also looking down the road to its annual Worldwide Developers Conference, which they traditionally have in June out in San Francisco. Bloomberg reports that the company wants to help app creators easily port their code between iOS and macOS so they only have to write the program once. Uh, and then they're going to have a tool that lets them easily go uh, between the platforms. All of this will allow both the developer and Apple to make even more money because the ported apps will be for sale with minimal effort in both of the app stores, uh, one for the Mac and, and one for iOS. Hmm. So this could be a useful tool to help uh, generate some more app creation across uh, Apple's various platforms. The multi-platform approach is codenamed Marzipan, back to food again, Nice. and could be in place by 2021. Apple, of course, has not commented on its future plans. This is just little leaks popping out, and that one guy at Bloomberg who gets all the rumors is you know, talking about it. So <laughs> I'm starting to think he works for Apple. 
I think he might be. That's a, a joke. That's a joke. Yeah, folks. either that or he's a destination yes. you know, leaker. But, yes, there you go. But Apple may not be the only one having an event next month. Word on the street has it that Google could be announcing its own game streaming service at the annual Game Developers Conference keynote speech on March 19th. Googly! Yes, uh, for those who have talked to those involved, Google could be announcing a game streaming service with a monthly fee, the so called Netflix paradigm there. Mm-hmm. The company recently ran a beta test of its project. Extreme platform, uh, where I think they were using like Assassin's Creed or something uh, on super, super high, fast streaming pipes. And uh, games ran on the cloud server and streamed directly to the players' PCs, tablets, TVs, whatever they were playing on. So Google did run this this uh, Project Stream beta and then closed it. So lag, lag, this, lag. It's supposedly not not so laggy. According, uh. you know, this is what they were testing. So, so this could maybe this is ready for prime time, and this is what they're going to announce. Gaming sites have also been whispering that Google will be announcing its own gaming hardware at GDC as well. Hmm. So we'll see. They, you know, they they haven't really gone into a lot of games like Microsoft, you know, no. with the Xbox and all of that, and Apple with the Apple TV games and the iOS stuff. And- you know, it sounds fantastic, but you know my rule about Google. They always pull the rug. Yeah, that's true. They'll make it. You'll fall in love with it, and then they'll kill it. Google Plus. Yeah, <laughs> yes. You Sorry. are a big fan of that. I couldn't even keep a straight face. Yes. Sorry about that. Yes. All right. Well, we'll see what they actually announce because, yes. again, all yeah. this is unconfirmed. Now the Wall Street Journal has been doing some testing with health and fitness apps and other lifestyle-type uh, apps like uh, realtor uh, apps. And they've discovered that some of those programs are sharing deeply personal information with Facebook, even if the user in question does not even have a Facebook account. Yep. In the journal's test of about 70 apps, uh, it found that 11 of them sent potentially sensitive information to Facebook, like ovulation details for women trying to get pregnant and heart rate data for people who wanted to monitor their heart rate. Wow. Stuff you probably wouldn't want Facebook to know or be distributing to its advertisers. I really don't want people to know that I'm ovulating. That yeah, is really an invasion yeah. of privacy. Yeah, okay. you know, because <laughs> just imagine the ads you're going to oh, get. Yeah. Uh, so, so that was a big, big story on the Wall Street Journal's uh, tech site this week. Facebook also seems to have realized that its Android app doesn't offer the same amount of control over location setting as is its iOS app. Really? And, and it's decided to make some changes about that. And to make it more yes, <laughs> yes. porous. Yes. Now, uh, as of now, uh, Android users, and you can uh, vouch for this, uh, just have a single on and off toggle for sharing location with Facebook and other apps, whereas mm-hmm. iOS gives users three levels of sharing, you know, always, only when the app's in use, right. or never, ever. Correct. Which, you know, who knows how uh, tight that is. Oh, but um, I don't believe But Facebook has announced an update for those Android location controls. Uh, the company says this update included a new background location uh, control so that People can choose if they want us to collect location information when they're not using the app. You know, that's uh, you, you have the choice yeah, to see if Facebook's choice. winning. It's my yeah. power. Yes, power. Uh, yes, a Facebook company blog post goes on to say, for example, when people want to use Nearby Friends, a feature that lets their friends share their locations with each other, they give Facebook permission to access their location even when they're not using the app. So. Does anyone really use that? I, I always found it kind of creepy. It is very creepy. I'm, I'm serious. This is a serious question for people who are listening to. Do you use that Facebook friends yeah. option? Yeah. I would really like to know. Yeah. This is a journalistic uh, type. Yes. Uh, do you stalk and, your friends with yeah, this? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> if yes. you say it like that, they're not going to get in touch with us. Well, I'm just laying it out yeah, here. Yeah, that's true. You are. Yes. Now, also on Facebook for Android News, TechCrunch reports that the company is taking its Onabo VPN app out of the Google Play Store and ending its unpaid market research program where it collected data from people using this app. 
The Facebook research app uh, that caused all that ruckus a few weeks back that got booted off of iOS mm-hmm. for hoovering up information from teenagers mm-hmm. had some Onabo code under the hood. So even though this is a different product on a different platform, some of this code was similar. But uh, Facebook is shutting that down, too. How nice of them. Yes, you know, just awfully sporting there. Yes, very sporting. Now, uh, moving on, uh, according to Politico, a massive disinformation campaign is already underway looking to stir up outrage and division in the already jam-packed slate of 2020 Democratic <sighs> presidential candidates. <laughs> Color me surprised, wow. not. Now, the uh, site reports that the main targets appear to be Senators Kamala Harris, uh, Beto O'Rourke, uh, Elizabeth Warren, and Bernie Sanders, who just jumped into the mm-hmm. race uh, recently. So all of them very high-profile candidates, candidates in the race, yeah. yes. So Politico, which has gathered a lot of data and discussed it all with data scientists, uh, thinks the, the concentrated coordinated wave of memes, hashtags, and misinformation is designed to stir things up on the road to the Democratic uh, presidential primary. Yep. Yeah, you know, just getting in there and turning people against each other. Sort of like we saw a little bit of this uh, the last time between the Sanders mm-hmm. and the Clinton campaigns where people got very, very – strident behind the candidate, and then they realize, well, a lot of these were Russian bots who were, were uh, picking the fights. But on the topic of election hacking, Microsoft says Russian operatives have gone after civil society groups across Europe, which is due to have European parliamentary uh, elections in May. In a company blog post, Microsoft noted that hackers, likely some from that fancy bear group of Russian-sponsored uh, uh, government hackers, sent spearfishing messages to more than 100 email accounts at European think tanks and uh, NGOs there. Uh, all of them concerned with election security, nuclear policy, foreign relations, those sort of big, heavy topics, all trying to get into the systems of these groups. Microsoft said the German Council on Foreign Relations, the European offices of the Aspen Institute, and the German Marshall Fund in the United States were among the groups targeted. Now, uh, in case you were wondering why Microsoft is all up in all of this, because you think, hey, you know, it's Microsoft, they, they're doing Word and Xbox and whatever. Mm-hmm. They have been tracking the increase in hacking attempts by nation states, including Russians, as part of its Defending Democracy program, which provides protection to Canada's political parties and non-governmental organizations working in the field of elections. And so I think Google had also started a similar project to right. try to protect what was out there. So Microsoft has its own, uh, I'll link to their site. It's actually yeah. kind of, because they, they give secure software and like versions of, of Office 365, I think, to these groups that they have a little bit more protection. So, But Google killed theirs, right? Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> we, we should look. Although if Microsoft's got theirs, you know, Google's not going to yeah, want Microsoft to be like yeah. more you know, socially conscious in there. Of course. But it's not just the Russians and other state-sponsored hacking groups messing with Americans online. According to a story on the Gizmodo site, a Washington, D.C. media firm called CQ Roll Call, a company that in addition to covering congressional happenings and its uh, renowned publications, also has software tools that help lobbyists set up digital grassroots campaigns uh, Hmm. aimed at influencing policymakers, you know, lobbyists. Lobbyists. Now, in the wake of the Federal Communication Commission's decision to repeal the net neutrality rules, remember we're still mad about that, yes, uh, after the public comment process and a panel vote, there was a legal fight just to see those uh, public comments who was public. And the FCC did not want to release all of the comment and material. Wow. Uh, but New York's Bureau of Internet and Technology, which is part of the Attorney General's office, uh, filed a Freedom of Information Act uh, lawsuit to see all the comments submitted, and they also got API logs from the General Services Administration, uh, all wow. to have, you know, just see who who chimed in here. Mm-hmm. And uh, while New York's investigation is still ongoing, and they're not really commenting about it, uh, reports have already popped out that millions of fake accounts with identical talking points against net neutrality have been found in the logs, perhaps uh, 
more than $2 million generated by an anti-net neutrality group that was using the CQ roll call software. So even though wow. – and even though the newsroom had nothing to do with this, this was the other side of the firm that made the software that enabled uh, mm-hmm. all of these spam comments to show up. So, so they're looking into that. And this comment campaign has already had accusations of identity theft. I think we talked about yes, this last year on the show of people who said they never, ever use the FCC's public comment system. But lo and behold, lo there were their names hope. attached to a bunch of comments with bullet points from these anti-net neutrality groups. So Imagine that. Kind of suspicious. Suspicions are continuing to percolate yes, around that, I, I would so. say. A lot of percolating. Yes, it's like a big giant coffee pot. <laughs> YouTube recently had another flap involving children. This latest one, I think, goes beyond the suggested conspiracy theories to young users. You know, mm-hmm. that there was their last one. Yeah. The latest controversy stems from pedophiles leaving comments on videos of children doing gymnastics or running around doing toddler-type <sighs> things. God. And YouTube's advertisers getting mad when their ads are placed on these videos, which I was, if I was an advertiser and, you know, there's a bunch of pedo comments in there. And, and they're perfectly innocent videos of kids being kids, but they're being tainted by these comments. And there were some big advertisers who were kind of mad about this. Uh, the, the Fortnite game, Grammarly, right. Right. L'Oreal, Maybelline, and others have appeared on the clips annotated by the pedophiles. Uh, several companies have reached out to YouTube to ask the company to remove such ads from their content or, you know, maybe screen their comments a better. I mean, I mean that's just all YouTube. They just not comments on no. YouTube. Just yeah, just turn the completely. comments off. Yes. Seriously, what's the point? That's we've already ridiculous. proven we can't have nice things. Yeah, so. we can't. Come on, YouTube. Yes. Google. Yes, and while it's clear that stopping misinformation on social media is going to require monumental effort, Pinterest has found a way to cut down on some of the anti-vaccination propaganda oozing around the Internet. When people search for information about vaccines on the site, Pinterest just doesn't show any search results. <laughs> like they'll type in, you know, vaccines. Slow clap. And yeah, Pinterest is like, yeah, we're not really going to show you some results. Slow clap. And then they did this on purpose. Uh, a spokesperson for the company told the Wall Street Journal that after a review of vaccine-related content on the site, they found quite a bit of anti-vaxxer misinformation there being pushed. And uh, the anti-vaccination movement, in case you didn't know, how serious a problem this is when we've seen these measles outbreaks all over measles. the country. Measles. Yes, we're supposed to get rid of that. Yep. And so Pinterest is like, nah, I know you're just not going to be able to, to find stuff from us on, on that topic. But the anti-vaccination movement has become so widespread that the World Health Organization has added vaccine hesitancy uh, to its list of top threats to global health in 2019. Like, idiots who did not get the kids vaccinated have made the World Health Organization's list of top threats. Seriously, if you're an anti-vaxxer, you're an idiot. I don't care if you're the biggest fan of this show. You're a moron. Yeah. And you're putting your kids in danger, and you're putting my kids in danger. These things have been proven. We all made it through. And for people to say, oh, let's just get our childhood diseases again. It's like, no, those things, measles killed people. There's a reason why. Wanted to get rid of them. Oh, idiots. And be welcoming the smallpox and polio uh, back oh, to. Yeah, but anyway, so yeah, well, I guess we should get off our little soapbox. But still, get no. your shots. Uh, I like my soapbox. Yeah, it, it's very nice. It's shiny. And, you know, it's, it's polished. You've yes. got that nice dark wood there. Yes. Yes. Anyway, and finally. And finally. <laughs> we finally got there. Yes, we finally got there. Yes. The quest for the perfect consumer price Marty McFly self-tying shoe hit a snag this week. <laughs> Wait, uh, what? Wait, whoa. Hold on a second. You, you hit me with a lot of information. Yeah, well, you right know now. how we, ever since Back to the Future 2, yes. everyone's wanted the self-lacing Nike And they you know, came Nike out. Shoes. Didn't they came out? Well, they, they came they come out come with out? a version of it, but then they, they sort of uh, upgraded them right. and made them a little more modern. And really? there is this uh, $350 
self-lacing sneaker called the Adapt BB that includes a motorized power lacing technology <laughs> that lets the user control the fit with a smartphone app. So it, it was it was wow. beyond the Marty McFly ones. This is way you know, past Marty McFly. Yeah, yeah. They, these are these are three hundred fifty dollar sneakers wow. here, basically. Controlled by my phone. Yes, but Android users have been complaining that after a software update, uh, their version of the app only syncs with one shoe. <laughs> <laughs> so your your three hundred and fifty dollars sneakers, you know, one like fits really good, and the other one falls off. And this was not that that Duke basketball player that had a shoe blow. Oh, that was yeah, other. That was, that was pretty, another Nike shoe, and that yeah. was unrelated. And this pretty is pretty dangerous. Yeah, I mean, well, he got a knee sprain out of that. Was uh, horrible, but. Um, wow. The uh, yeah, the, so so the Android version of the software doesn't quite work. One user even posted a review saying that his right shoe won't charge or turn on. Can you imagine if your shoes won't charge or turn on? Now, as a backup, the shoes can be controlled manually with a couple of buttons on the side. But if you've just dropped three hundred and fifty bills for a pair of sneakers, you're probably going to be feeling a little jilted if the app does not work and your one shoe falls off. You know, that could be dangerous on the subway. You know, I'm going to lump these. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. I'm not saying anything. This is just, this is peak civilization we've just reached again. Yeah. You know, every week you're telling me stories where we're reaching peak humanity. Yeah. And I think we've just reached peak humanness yes. right now. We're buying shoes. Yes. Expensive shoes. Expensive shoes and controlling them with our cell phones. Yeah. To tie them. Yes. Okay. You know, I'm. And, and if you have an Android, only one of them. Yes, only one of your shoes. Your shoes won't turn on or charge either. You know, I'm a big fan. Just get a pair of moccasins. You know, analog works good. Flip flops. Yeah. Just put on some flip flops. Come on. Yes. Oh my gosh. So, so that's uh, been a long and rambling look at the news of the week, uh, with a few diversions into the culinary arts. Um, but for anyone who wants links on strictly the news-related things, yes, just uh, the news. Yes, you can find all those on our show page at poptechjam.com. Controlled by yourself. Yes. <laughs> Well, uh, we had a lot of sort of bad social media news. Uh, yes, we always do. This week, yeah, it's it's becoming the drumbeat is becoming quite heavy. And Absolutely. I know you, sir, yourself, uh, recently took that huge effort and you quit Facebook. I quit Facebook. It's Pulled like cold plug. turkey, like gone. Cold now, turkey, how has uh, life been for you since you parted ways with Facebook? I don't miss it. I don't feel a thing. To be honest with you, it's you know, I I my battery on my phone lasts a lot longer, uh, which is bonus. Great. Yeah, I mean, there's no. There was no compelling reason for me to be on there. I'm I connected with all the friends that I wanted to connect. Yeah, they know where to find you. Uh, they know where to find me. Uh, you know, and if you want to follow me, you can follow me on some other platforms that you know. Yeah, you're still in the toxic cesspool on Instagram, yeah. right? All you got to do is do a Google search for me, and you can probably find me yeah. somewhere. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm not missing Facebook at all. Not at all. Yeah. Not even close. Because as I read more and just the amount of garbage you see on the platform, and I have you know, about 500 friends from all walks of life, and there's some people who are having very compelling discussions about things, or they're just posting pictures of their kids, or mm-hmm. it's the high school yearbook 30 years later. Right. And then you see some people who are trying to argue politics yeah. with the uh, unsourced, badly made Russian right. bot memes. Exactly. And you know, it's like, 
thought you were smarter than that. Bringing a knife to yeah. a gunfight. Basically. Yeah. So, so you kind of see that. It's like, well, no wonder this country is in such a mess. And so I've been kind of on the fence. I mean, I've got some family who would be very distraught if I left. Well, do I pare it down? Do I only post, you know, just innocuous photos of street signs? You know, just something, say I'm here, but I'm not going to put anything personal on there. I've been kind of grappling with this myself. Twitter, I don't do a super lot of just because it's a place to fight. And yes, I'll mainly just retweet NASA. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram, I like taking pictures, so yeah. I will show up there. I think to, to you like Instagram. that one quite a bit as so well. So far, Facebook yes, hasn't ruined it. Yeah, yet. Yet. Um, but while I was pondering all of this, uh, I was talking with a coworker who had come up and asked for a book that uh, we might have had in the department. And it's Jaron Lanier's book came out last year. It's called 10 Arguments for Deleting Your Social Media Accounts Right Now. Right very, now. Yeah. And, and it's not a very thick book. Less than 200 pages. See, it's, it's very. It's very. It's got one thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just do it. Yeah. He's got 10. Argu- well, yeah. he, he's he's talked it out a little bit. And uh, Jaron Lanier, uh, he 10. was. Just do it. Have you done it? Yeah. Keep <laughs> do doing it. it. Get back there. I'm not messing around. Yeah, I know. He should really just... could be just a page. Yeah, you go. But this guy is not a uh, Luddite. He mm. was pioneer in virtual reality. Wow. He's been writing about tech forever. I think he sold some companies. He was a Silicon Valley guy. Right. But he has been kind of looking at how digital life is affecting our humanity. He's had some thoughts. And so he wrote this book. And he's done a, done a TED Talk on it, too, which I'll post a link to. Um, but he makes some kind of really compelling arguments, and I'm not going to spoil all of his arguments in the book, but on the very back of it, he kind of lists just the TV Guide logline for each one of his arguments. The TLDR? Which I will read. So if you were thinking about right. maybe you want to like – for people out there who haven't gone off full deletion, maybe they want to deactivate for a while. They're just looking for reasons. There you go. I'm ready. Later argument on. one, you were losing your free will. That is true. Yes, because – They're taking your information and they're subtly manipulating you with algorithms behind the scene. Argument two, quitting social media is the most finely targeted way to resist the insanity of our times. Uh, That's absolutely true. Yeah, especially with the politics and the the manufactured outrage. Mm -hmm. Argument three, social media is making you into an (laughs) a-hole. Yeah. Yes, I had had to sense of that part, yeah. Yeah. Um, Enough said on that one. Uh, Argument four, social media is undermining truth. Very true. Yes. Argument five, social media is making what you say meaningless. Because yeah. it lacks context. Yeah, it lacks You're just like completely. little fragments or as Ellen Ullman, the programmer, author, refers to Twitter, uh, thought farts. Yes, yeah. I like that. Thought farts. Yeah, yes. So, uh, so that's argument five. Argument six, social media is destroying your capacity for empathy. Oh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely true. Yes, because I think, you know, if you get so much of you're just numb and then you mm-hmm. just don't care. Absolutely. So I'll, uh, and then uh, argument seven, social media is making you unhappy. Yeah. I think it. Facebook was making me unhappy. Yes, it can be very stressing. And there was a report on one of the network news uh, shows uh, earlier in the week. Uh, I think it was NBC. But it was talking about the huge rise in depression and anxiety in teenagers and how a lot of kids just can't cope. They're uh, going to to psychologists and and psychiatric help in greater numbers. They're on all kinds of meds. And part of me is like, well, when I was growing up, maybe we had this. Nobody talked about it because times weren't as free. And I don't think kids were as articulate about how they were feeling. True. And maybe it was, it was a more rustic time or whatever, but we also didn't have social media. I mean, we had Correct. we had bullies and we had a lot of that stuff and gossip, but it was all analog and on the phone or just mm-hmm. in school. There wasn't this constant pressure to perform. And even though the TV news story didn't explicitly link 
this rise in depression and anxiety to use of social media. I kind of wonder if there might be some kind of uh, influence there. Yeah, I kind of see it. Just yeah, from my you, own kids. And just, you know, kid, you know, all these kids who have committed suicide because someone was meeting them on social media, I think there could be something uh, to that, which I want to read more studies about, and I'm yeah. sure they're out there. Uh, I'm pretty sure they are, too. So uh, so that was argument seven about making you unhappy. Argument eight, social media doesn't want you to have economic dignity, which I need to read this argument more hmm. in full uh, to get that. But uh, Sounds interesting. I, but I'm, it could I'm not going to comment on this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing it may be something about how there is sort of the, the economic uh, low end where you have to have the best thing and you have to show all the best stuff on social media. And I got you. you can't. Uh, I got you. you know, th- th- there you are. Argument nine, social media is making politics impossible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's for damn sure. Enough said there. Mm-hmm. And uh, argument 10, social media hates your soul. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I and I'm going to read this. I've read parts and you're gonna, of it. You're going to let me borrow it. After yes, you're yeah, done. You, well, as you can see, it's very nice, and he's got a little kitty. We on should the book. find this person and have him on the show. Uh, he's been doing a number of uh, uh, media things, I and think it's, I think we're going to reach out. Yes, and uh, this book is uh, still in hardback, uh, but it'll be out in paperback. Uh, I think in the late summer. So, and but you know, he's talking. We'll link to his TED talk because he does cover a lot of the points. But it kind of got me thinking. Like every once in a while, there's a book that you just sort of pick up, and you're like. Yeah. Mm, and the last one you. I had, one of these was it was an O'Reilly book, and I can't remember the author, but it was called The Information Diet, and it talked I about that one, yeah. yeah, confirmation bias and stuff, yes, and yes. it really sort of it lets you pull back and say, oh, this is my life, and I'm seeing it from this angle, and I should probably not do that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, so this one, uh, but because we've all been sort of not happy with social media, it it is useful for some. It does let you connect over long distances. It can be a brilliant source of information when there is some kind of national event going on that everyone needs to be in the loop in. Yeah. But it's also a huge, noisy channel of all kinds of stuff that it just messes with your life. So It's true. Yeah, so, I, so, I can't argue that point. Yeah, so, so I'm going to think about it uh, deeply. But, but for anyone who wants to sort of check out the book, uh, I'll post a link to it on our show page as well as long as – uh, Mr. Lanier's a uh, couple of videos of him and some uh, other information about the books. So, and I'll try to book them. Yes. So, uh, so I guess that's uh, that's it. That's the show. Yeah. So um, we should thank the bros. Oh yes, thank you, bros. Builtbybros.com. Build something with the bros. If you think it, they will build it. Yes. And thank you, listeners. Thank uh, you. We we had a bit of a ramble on the news this week, but it's been a long uh, week. But we and, had fun. Yeah, and you know we're we're kind of you know. Yeah loopy and right. there were no cow dating apps this week so until next time when we're back with more um i'm sure there'll be some tech news uh, to talk about oh, yeah, uh, next time i'm jd beersdorfer and i'm pedro rafael rosado let's go get some pizza pizza not that expensive Zop. stuff though. Not that dollar square pizza. we want a dollar pizza that's what we want <laughs>